Do you like wine? Do you like charities? With One Hope Wine, you can do both. One Hope is an award-winning company in California that is built on hope and rooted in purpose. Go to JenAndCamsOneHope.com or JenAndCamsOneHope on Instagram for more information. One Hope Wine, changing the world never tasted so good. Hey everybody, this is Dr. Tom Pritchard, head coach at JPWA Jacobs Pritchard Wrestling Academy, and you are listening to The Ringside Rant. This week's episode of The Ringside Rant is dedicated to the memory and the career of Bullet Bob Armstrong, who passed away last week at the age of 80, a WWE Hall of Famer and an all-around great guy and champion. Rest in power, champ. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Ringside Rant, and welcome to Ranters Nation. I have a man that, quite frankly, he needs no introduction. He's everybody's favorite, we'll call him a wrestling designer, because that's pretty much what he is. He's the one, he's the only, he's Seth from Ringside Design. What's up, my man? What's up, my brother? How are you? Oh, you know, hanging in there, you know, it's one of those, uh, like we talked about before we got, got, uh, recording. It's just one of those days, man. I'm, you know, I, I got to the point today at about quarter after three, I'm like, all right, I got about 15 minutes to wait until I get on vacation. I'm like, the heck with it. I'll eat the 15 minutes at work and just go home. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I get that way myself. So I, I know the feeling all too well. Yeah, no. And, and plus I knew I, I was sitting down with you tonight and, you know, this is one of those things that I look forward to each and every week when I get to sit down with, you know, guys like yourself or whomever that I have on the show, just because it, it, it doesn't matter what kind of rut that you're in. When you get, get on the line with somebody, start recording, you hit the, the red buttons going, you know, you're about to watch a great match that we're about to watch a little in a little bit. Um, you know, it, may, it makes it all better. You know what I mean? That's right. It's a it's an instant reset button, baby. It's an instant reset button. Oh man, and it's definitely. I've only worked. Uh, <laughs> I've worked just today, and I'm off until next Tuesday. But it's just like, oh man, I just I gotta get there, man. I go on and watch his wrestling and all that stuff, and you know, this is that time frame like we're about to watch in the '90s here. That uh, you know, my wheelhouse, man. And uh, going back and watching it, you know, you know, don't remember a lot of it um, from this time time period because this is when uh you know i kind of took the hiatus from wrestling just like everybody does but um but first and foremost before we get to that i just want to sit and you know chat with you about you know what you're doing over there at ringside design um it was absolutely fantastic artwork that you got going you got graphics going a lot 
of uh, you know good stuff. You do a lot of stuff for the podcasting uh, community, a lot of the uh, the Fig Life community as well. Uh, when you know when when did you come up with this idea that hey, I can uh, you know I got I got a talent here. I might want to you know, use this to my advantage. Oh man, that's that's really funny. You know, one of the one of the things that uh, I guess that drew me into it was really was my mom. My mom mm-hmm. was a music major in college, and my parents were professional singers and traveling musicians. You know, when I was growing up, and my mom was very artistic, and she just said, "Hey, you should just draw stuff." Like while we're riding in the car, or while they were recording in a studio. You know, I'm not paying any attention to what they're doing, and I'm drawing, and so. You know, one of the earliest things I can remember is my mom just would say, Seth, these are getting really good. This is really cool. And she had a yard sale one time. And I said, well, if these are really good, I'm going to draw some and I'm going to sell them. And I'm going to make some money to go buy at the time some Hasbros. Mm -hmm. And so I did. And I can remember, you know, setting up at my mom's garage sale and people would come by and say, oh, what's this? And I'd say, oh, these are my pictures of wrestlers or you know, at the time, Spider-Man was king for me, and I, you know, was hustling and, and trying to uh, to buy the uh, the next Hasbro to go on the fig fed. So it, it really started when I was a kid, but but ultimately, I, I kind of got into some design work for college football. I'm a big South Carolina Gamecocks fan, and I just kind of put out some stuff, and, and actually the school contacted me, and I've been able to do some, some work for them, and like Duke University, and... Um, even some some pro teams. And so when that kind of started taking place, I thought, I want to do what's really fun for me. Mm-hmm. And that's professional wrestling. So I, you know, probably right around about a year ago is when I kind of cranked it up on the Twitter machine and started doing some stuff. And then, you know, some of the Fig Life family, you know, Ty was one of the first folks to reach out and say, hey, I've got an idea for something. Do you think you could do it? And man, really from then, you know, he and Dober had some cool ideas and it just took off. And so... Now, uh, ultimately, one day, hopefully, you know, uh, a, a big time promotion calls and says, we'd like you to do some merch. I think that's kind of where I want to find my niche is kind of designing merch kind of in the future. Yeah, the last couple ones you've put out for some of these guys that are, um, you know, independent uh, workers or whatever the case may be. Um just absolutely phenomenal. I just I see them all the time and I'm like, man, this keeps getting better, better each time. And uh you know, I, and I won't hold it against you that you have actually done uh, done work for Duke University. Um, I grew I grew up uh, I grew up in a household with two Duke fans, and out of spite for my younger brothers, I became a North Carolina fan. I get it. I get um, it. And each and every time, you know, obviously not so much now because of the whole current situation with the epidemic and the virus and all that stuff. We can't have college sports. But when we did, you know, during ba- especially during basketball season, regardless on how good North Carolina was or bad or regard either way, um, I've always I'll I'll text my brothers in a group message and say, uh, well, let's go heels or you know you know we're gonna kill. You gotta go that dig in. Of course, and I I, I would never spell Duke D U K E. <laughs> I'd always spell it D O O K I E. <laughs> I have lived that uh, in my whole life. Man, I, I grew up in North Carolina, yeah. and so I saw the uh, the the Dookie handwriting a million times growing up. So that's a very familiar jab to, to me. 
And it, but and the thing is, God rest their souls with my grandparents. My grandparents, absolutely, they didn't like Duke either. They put up with it because two of my cousins, excuse me, actually went to Duke. Oh, that's awesome. So, you know, I was very fortunate to have a lot of, you know, you know, cousins, you know, that, you know, two went to Duke, one went to um, Boston College, another one went to Notre Dame, another one went to Georgetown, and fortunately, my side of the family didn't get really blessed with the great um, uh, mental capacity, I guess we could say, of going to these big time <laughs> schools. Um <laughs> But, uh, you know, but the thing is, oh, hey, you know, it all worked out for the best. It would, would it have put me here talking to you at this moment, talking about That's wrestling, right. talking about uh, 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 graphics and art and all that good stuff. But, um, but yeah, it's just great to, you know, just sit here and talk about this stuff and just talk about your work. Because I think, um, you know, w- when you sent me the uh, the Ricochet and the Aleister Black stuff for myself. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I showed it to my wife. She's like, somebody did that? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's good, isn't it? She's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, well, that's what I'm going to give him for Christmas. Oh, this point is his Christmas because his birthday's in April. But I'm like, my buddy Seth did this. This is fantastic. She's like, oh, yeah, we got to see what else he can do. <laughs> hey, I'm all for it, man. That's uh, And that's kind of the fun thing, too, is, you know, with, with all of the folks in, in, in the Fig Life family and, and being able to do things to see – you know, just people's reactions, right? Like that's to me is the best part. And, and it's fun to, to kind of do it as kind of a, you know, a, a, like a, a secondary side job in, in some sense. But but really, it's it's mostly about just the, the, the fun and the excitement. And, and when when someone gets a piece and like when Drew posted, it, you know, his Undertaker thing that, that he had me work on for a while. Mm-hmm. It, it's just so cool to see something that I think is just kind of fun and almost stress relieving therapy. Is something that just can bring people together, and I, I've loved, you know, just being a part of that. So it's it's really really cool, uh, and I hope your your son has a killer Christmas with uh, with the Alistair Black and the Ricochet. There's another Ricochet coming. I'll make sure I shoot it over to you. Oh, I appreciate that, man. No, and it's uh, <laughs> he we were watching Raw last week, and uh, Alistair Black comes out. He was on the Kevin Owens show. I don't know if you saw it, but I did. I did. And he, my, my wife pets it on, on the side during the summer for the vet she used to work for. So she's over at his, his house while he's out of town watching the dogs and what have you. So my son's out there. So I quick get on the phone, tell my wife, turn on USA, Alistair Black's on because I told him he was going to be on. So he wants to watch him. And as soon as he kicked him, my wife calls me and he's on the line. He's like, daddy, that wasn't nice. He kicked KO in the face. And I'm like, I know, buddy, he didn't, you know, he's just playing a character. Don't worry about it. I know, but it's still not nice. And he's like, what's wrong with his face? Why does he have that on his face? He's like, I'm like, buddy, he's just pretending he has an injury. Oh, okay. That's, that's okay. right. You have that calming effect, right? You have, to, you have to bring him down. My son's the same way with AJ yeah. Styles. He was convinced in, in the Boneyard match that he, he was buried. Like mm-hmm. legitimately, and I was like, "Buddy, he's he's gonna be fine. Everything is good. Just you, just wait." And so, you know, he he took a couple of weeks off and had some time away. And when he come came back, he's like, "Dad, do you think there was a shovel when he got buried and he dug his way out of there?" And I said, "Well, I, I, I sure. Let's go with that. A hundred percent. Let's let's keep <laughs> alive, man. Let's go for it." So, no, I totally get it. as a dad. You kind of have to 
rein him in a little bit. You kind of got to ring him back in a little bit. Now, how, how old's your son? So my oldest is nine. So Michael, okay. my oldest is nine. Okay, so about this, he's about the same age as my son. Then okay, um, but you know, if he really, really wants to watch a good AJ AJ Styles match, hook him up with his old stuff from Japan. Dude, we've actually started to to kind of go back, and I, he said, "Man, when did you know when?" AJ Styles, he's, he said he kind of was a little bit older to get started in wrestling. I said, no, 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 we're going to go back. So we have been starting with some of the old TNA stuff. Oh, and okay. Dad, that's not AJ Styles. He doesn't have long hair. And I'm like, buddy, I, I promise it is 100%. And so he's really gotten into that. And I said, now, you know, let, let's even go check out his stuff in Japan. And he was like, he wrestled in Japan. And I said, buddy, you... I know you're only nine, but you got a long road ahead of you to, to watch wrestling with dad. And it's really, really neat to see, you know, kind of like um, it's that circle of life, right? Like my dad got me into wrestling and got me into it. And now with my sons to, to get them into it. And they both think that AJ Styles is the greatest thing that's ever walked the earth. So, you know, getting them into it and them finding that one superstar to really get behind has been such a cool part about being a dad. Um, and I know that you, you share that, too, because we've talked about your yeah. son's love for, for Alistair and for, for Ricochet. So it's really, really neat to see them, like, who do they gravitate towards? Yeah, and I, you know, and I try, not, I try to, you know, not fixate him on just the WWE. I try to get him over with NXT and, <clears throat> excuse me, with AEW a little bit more, too, just because, you know, we're growing up, we only had, it was either WCW or WWE. You know, we Correct. could get ECW, but for me anyways, here in Buffalo, or out when I grew up in Buffalo, you know, we couldn't get ECW until like one or two in the morning, and you actually had to get the old, uh, you know, the TV out that had the bunny ears on the top with the tin foil, right. and you had to kind of move it the right way to get the reception, and you had to, I had to pretend I was asleep because my parents didn't want me to watch ECW. Um, I still found, out, uh, still found a way to do it, but... Um, but yeah, it's just you—you you find that, and he, you know, I try to get him over, and like I said, uh, over on uh, uh, AEW is a big fan of uh, the best friends with Trent and Chuck and uh, Orange Cassidy, and um, you know, I'm, I've, I've been trying to get him to kind of go towards Chris Jericho a little bit, but he hasn't really gone that way yet, um, just because that's <laughs> one of the guys that I grew up watching. Right. You know I mean, I, I saw him. You know, when he debuted in 99 against The Rock and, you know, just followed his career through since then. And it's just a guy that, you know, just reinvents himself time and time and time again. And it's just, it, I don't think, I may be wrong, hopefully knock on wood, we won't have to, it won't happen, but, or it will happen. But, you know, maybe it's something that will never happen again, a guy that will re reinvent himself time and time again. Yeah, it's just such a difficult thing because... You know, wrestling fans, we are probably the most difficult fan base in the world to please. I mean, yeah. And, you know, what I like, you may dislike. And then now in the day and, and age of social media, we can all be so vocal about it. And we're such fickle people, right? Like that we don't necessarily stick to the same things that we like. And I may like something this week and I may not like it the next. It's just the same way. Like I tried to get Michael into into some AEW and I said, hey, you know, Chris Jericho. And he, he sees me walk around with my Le Champion shirt, you know, at the house. And he's like, mm -hmm. uh, Dad, I really just like Orange Cassidy. He's kind of cool. And i like, you mm -hmm. know what, man? To see when, when they kind of find that one person that in, in, in a promotion or, or in a certain match, and you see where they, 
you know, get pulled towards like, that's just really fun. And so he thought it was the greatest thing ever. You know, when Chris Jericho gets covered in orange juice, he just thought that was absolutely amazing. Well, no, exactly. And, you know, every once in a while I, I posted it over the weekend where my son's dancing to the best friend's theme song and uh, shout out to Mickey Ruckus um, for doing that theme song. But um, it's just watching him do that reminds me of, you know, when I was doing that to, you know, the Macho Man theme or the Hogan theme or the Dusty theme or the Warrior theme or whatever the case may be. You know, granted, back then we actually had to have the old old cassette tape to actually That's put right. in your boombox or something. <laughs> and, Hold up the uh, microphone and try to record it while the TV's on. Oh my God! Oh, exactly. <laughs> but the thing is, so I'm like, I thought I was the only one that did that. When I go back and watch it, and you see a lot of these, uh, I'll go down in um, my mom's basement or her house. And she's like, "You gotta get this stuff out of here." And it's all my old, and I have have majority of them now. Is all my old wrestling figures that I had. And on top of that, I had all the old cassette tapes of just random stuff that I called, you know, just call doing play by play for wrestling. I couldn't mm-hmm. listen to it because there's nothing down there that has them. But I could actually I remember when I looked at it, I could remember the tapes and I would actually record uh, the commercials so I'd have a break, believe it or not. I know it sounds stupid, but <laughs> that's amazing. And, I I love it, and it's just I'm like now it's but the thing is so now it's like now it's kind of like second nature now because I'm doing podcasting now I do all I'm like okay now I gotta do this and I gotta do that and I'm like man it's so easy now all you gotta do is press a button like I told you before with the whole introduction <laughs> obviously the whoever's listening to this now will actually have already heard it but I'm like man I figured it out and I'm like my wife just thinks looks at me like I have three different heads I'm like. I don't know. This is cool to me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, my wife is the same way when it comes to, to anything like wrestling. And e- even to today, she said, hey, you're, you're going to be on the podcast tonight, right? And I said, yeah, you know, we're going to do some, you know, we're going to record. And she's like, I just don't understand, like, how you can love something for that long. Yeah. And I was like, it's just it just gets in your blood and it just sticks. And I said, I'm sorry. You know, our, our kids are the ones that, you know, my son sleeps in AJ Styles gloves. And wakes That's up awesome. and puts on a title belt, like to eat breakfast. Like he is the, you know, uh, he's the undisputed world heavyweight champion of uh, <laughs> Cinnamon Toast Crunch. You know, awesome. By the way, um, no, and even the, it's the my, my son Gavin is the same way. We actually bought him, and I we regret this every day since we have. Um, last year we bought him one of those big trampolines with a gnat on the side. Yeah, once I get once I get my ass out there, I can only go for about five (laughs) minutes and then I'm walking around like my knees are going to blow up and my back is killing me. I'm like, I'm 36 and my knees and my back are telling me I'm like 96. It's like, holy crap. Oh, Uh, man, I we we did the same thing over the summer when quarantine hit. It was like trampoline time. Like we got to do something, get the kids outside, have a good time. And so we put the net up and, and my kids were like, Dad. We can have cage matches. And I was like, look, <laughs> look, look, boys, I can do a squash match. Uh, that's about all I can do here. Because if right. you're thinking we're going to do some kind of Broadway, you got another thing coming. Dad's old and uh, can't handle it anymore. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, uh, and my, my son's like, you're old, Dad. I'm like, he's like, you're like 46. I said, bud, subtract that by 10 years, my 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 friend, because it ain't, it ain't I'm not 46 yet. But but no, I actually caught him one time. This is right when he got it. He was actually um, 
wrestling a pretend person out there like he was doing like a like a kick him in the face like a like a um sidekick and all that stuff oh and yeah punching him. he's running off the side like it's a ropes and all that stuff and i just scared him he's like what did you do that for i'm like nothing buddy i'm just making sure you're right <laughs> but uh but no he went out there tonight he has one of the old uh, plastic uh uh winged eagle uh oh yeah so he's going out there with a belt on he's walking outside with it and i'm like oh my god so now this is what my mom saw when i did it <laughs> It's exactly it's, it's the cycle of life, man. I mean, my parents had to put up with me. God, I was probably ten, eleven at the time. Me and my friends, we had, you know, this the kind of like, you know, down the street from each other, we had our own like backyard wrestling federation. I mean, signs. We made masks. I mean, we were into it, like jumping off of like the elevated porch onto. See, we had the like the rectangular trampoline, and so that was more of like our quote unquote ring. So. Now watching my kids, I can I can you know kind of see my dad like as like an out of body experience going. Please don't break your arm, Seth, because I heard him say it a hundred times, right? Please don't break your arm today. And uh, I find myself saying that to my kids, like let's not have any broken legs on the trampoline today. Like today's not a good day for that. Well, no, it's funny because my buddy um, that uh, or buddy a friend of mine that lives out by my friend or my. My son plays with his kid when we go out to my in-laws, and I talk to him all the time when I'm out there and all that stuff, which frequent it's frequent as of late, but regardless, that's a story for another time. Um, and he tells his kids, I'm like, he's like, I only go to urgent care on Tuesdays, so don't get hurt today. That's right. <laughs> but it's just now, like I said, it's just a circle life. Like you said, it's just like, okay, now I'm like, just don't sound like your father. Because my, my <laughs> wife told me that the other day, and I just looked at her. I'm like, just stop, just stop. I'm like, it just just go away. <laughs> um, but you know, being you know, gr- with myself growing up in in Buffalo up here in New York, you you growing up in North Carolina, obviously you have to have you know a, some good stories at least being down in that hotbed that was you know that southern southern wrestling that old NWA. Uh, mid-atlantic all that type of wrestling down there back in uh the good old days i guess you could say man it was awesome living in north carolina so i I lived in a little city called indian trail north carolina so a little bit outside of charlotte and i can remember very vividly you know riding with my dad and at the time you know the the old blue minivans back in the day and at the time uh Ricky Steamboat and Nikita Koloff actually like operated a a gym like 10 or 15 minutes from my house. And so we would always drive. And I can remember my dad would just drive really, really slow just in case you could catch a glimpse of one of these guys, you know, walking in and out, you know. And, and I can remember, you know, we would go to the state fair and I have pictures. I'll have to see if I can find it and I'll, I'll have to, to send them to you to check them out. But like when I was a, a kid, like three, four, maybe five Rick Flair carrying me around the state fair because he, you know, had, had met my parents and my dad was, he is a huge Ric Flair fan. And I can remember like Ric Flair, you know, would carry me around and, you know, we would see Nikita Koloff walking out of the gym and my dad would like pull in really quickly and we'd go say, Hey, and he'd introduce me and say, this is my son, Seth. And, you know, he loves wrestling and, and we would get to talk and man, just kind of growing up in that hotbed, 
I almost couldn't avoid wrestling if I tried at that time in my life because it was so, you know, kind of hot and heavy, especially here in the South. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, it was really cool. And then I can just remember, you know, the house shows were amazing when I was a kid. So my grandfather, you know, would would call me and we would go and, and visit my grandparents and he would talk about, hey, I, I know this wrestler and I know this wrestler. And I would say, who's this wrestler? He said, well, he's, he's coming by. He's going to bring us some tickets, you know, for, for tonight's, you know, show. And I was like, oh, that's great. You know, we're going to go watch wrestling. And it was Wahoo McDaniel. Oh, wow. And so, I mean, I can remember, God, probably being six, seven years old and, and being able to, you know, go in the ring, you know, before or after, you know, the show w- with Wahoo. And, you know, through Wahoo, I got to meet, uh, you know, Greg the Hammer Valentine. You know, so that's the one of the, the big figures that everybody's chasing is the is the chase, you know, hammer. And mm-hmm. I can remember meeting him and and they never broke character, which for me at that age, like that's what drew me in is because that was just so real. And, you know, I can remember Greg the Hammer Valentine, like lifting up his hand, which to me just looked like a cinder block. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, son, you know what this is going to do to a man? And I, I could just remember like freezing. And I was like, um, what, you know, really quietly. And he's like, I'm going to make him bleed. And I was just like scared to death. And sure enough, you know, in a match, you know, later that night, you'd see somebody get color and he'd turn around with that hand because he had that connection from earlier. And that was just so real to me. Mm-hmm. And, and at, at that point in life, I mean, just, just drawn in. And then again, being in the South, you know, we'd go to Disney in Florida. And I've got some home video that I'd have to God dig up at my mom's house, you know, probably in the attic somewhere of riding the teacups with Hulk Hogan. In oh, Disney. no kidding. Wow. And, you know, he was there because, you know, WWF at the time, they did some filming at Disney. And so they would uh-huh. have like wrestling days and, you know, the, the, the wrestlers would be in the park. So you'd get to meet Macho Man and I met Macho and Brutus the Barber Beefcake and those guys. So, so at a, at a young age, man, being in the South, for me, wrestling was was it. I mean, everything had to do with wrestling. So, yeah, I, I'm very thankful for the time I grew up and in the area of the country I grew up because it was it was very wrestling centric and kind of instilled that passion that uh, it sticks with me today. Well, but that's the thing that always I, I keep telling to this a lot of people that I've had on the show during this whole epidemic that we've had uh, and we've been in is, you know, whether it's whether you're a baseball fan or a football fan, hockey, basketball, whatever, golf, whatever, whatever the case may be. Even when that goes away, everything gets canceled, shut down. Right. There's always going to be wrestling, whether 100%. it's whether it's live stuff or whether it's, you know, you're watching stuff, you know, from the past. Like, like I said, like we're doing today. Like I do every week because I try to, and with with this show, it's like I try to, you know. Sometimes it's going to sound bad that I'm doing this, but regardless, it, you know, it comes from a good place. I, I pull on those heartstrings. A lot of the wrestling right. fans out there that you know have watched this match in '92 at Wrestle War, or they'll watch, you know, watching an, another match or that match you know, an ECW match or whatever the case may be. I remember where I was when I watched this or I was at this event or whatever the case may be. Um, exactly. Because just, then you get to relive it. 
Yeah, it just takes you right back. I mean, it's it's kind of like we were talking earlier. You, you kind of take those breaks from wrestling, right? And so before I kind of took my quote-unquote break, you know, Sting had just come back as the Crow character. And I can remember, you know, watching Starcade 97. And mm-hmm. I can remember exactly where I was. I mean, almost to like the exact detail of what I was wearing those days. And that's the cool thing about wrestling, like you said, is it's always something that you can go back to. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about watching ECW, you know, with the, the rabbit ears at one in the morning. I can remember my dad saying, you know, hey, I'll come wake you up if you want to watch ECW. we got to wait for, you know, mom to go to bed. Like, <laughs> okay, all right, cool. And I'd go to sleep, and then, you know, he'd come wake me up, and he'd say, all right, here we go, here we go. And I can remember, I'd have to be the remote at that time, right? And he'd say, mm-hmm. hey, we, you know, we got to check on this channel. we got to check on this channel. And, of course, as the human remote, I would get up and go, you know, turn the knob, or I would, you know, push the button on the cable box on the top of the TV so that we could tune in to, to watch, you know, ECW or, you know, if there was going to be, you know, some older reruns. It's, and that's the cool thing is, is it's such a nostalgia thing where yeah. I know in the in the figure community, you know, you and I've talked about it before. Like, what figures do we like and what do we want? And it usually goes back to what pulls on your heart. And so right. whether it's, you know, for you, you were talking about, you know, Macho Man and Chris Jericho. And for me, you know, it's it's Sting or Ultimate Warrior. Like, those are the guys that. When we think about the good times growing up watching wrestling, we immediately, you know, draw ourselves right back to those personalities. Exactly. And it's funny because, you know, I try not to do it, but I I still do it every single time. And my wife yells at me. Well, not just this, but amongst other things. Um, She can't hear me. Thank God. She she doesn't even know. Well, she knows I do the podcast, but she doesn't know I do talk about it. But um, yeah. go to Walmart all the time, Target, and I always take my son with me. I always take Gavin with me. And I always regret it each and every time because we're always walking out with a figure, either one or two. And this past one, it was no no different. We went to Walmart to get uh, something. I forgot what it was. And Oh, no, it was cold medicine because we had to go get cold, flu, and cold medicine for me because I didn't want to die. Right. Uh, and uh, it, it's it's funny, so, you know, sidetrack, you know, I don't have a bell like, uh, you know, view from the top rope does. They ding a bell every time they go into the weeds a little bit in the conversation. But <laughs> um, it, it's funny that, you know, and I'm not saying all men are like this, but most men are turned into their 10-year-old self when they get sick. I'll 100%. be the first to admit that, that I am. I have watched Star. I have watched Starcade '97 more times with like a strep throat or <laughs> being sick than I- anything I could imagine. You know, you get your medicine, you get your soup, you crawl in the bed, you close everybody out, and uh, with Roku, you know, you could put your headphones in the remote. I'll put my headphones in the remote because I'm sure, you know, I would hear a comment at my house like, "Again? Like, is are you watching this one again?" Oh, 100%, oh yeah. Every time. So my 100%, I completely get it. I was 10 when Starcade 97 was there. So my 10-year-old self is is when when Seth gets sick, you go right back to Starcade 97 uh, and, and make it happen all over again every time. Exactly. And you know, we got we finally, you know, I, I finally broke my wife down. We actually got cuz we never had the Wi-Fi at the house. We've always had, you know, we were on unlimited data through our uh uh through AT&T or a cell phone provider. And I said, man, we got to get Wi-Fi because it's just one, especially with, with Gavin being eight years old, he's going to need it eventually with, with school. And this was even before the epidemic where he was actually doing majority of his schoolwork at home. Right. Um, but it was even before that. 
like let's just get you know let's just get uh, let's get the internet and you know we'll get spectrum or whatever it on one part of the house and we'll get like like a apple tv or whatever on or roku right. on the rest of the house so we got the two rokus and i'm like i spent more time upstairs i got a 60 inch tv downstairs i hardly ever use it because i got the rokus upstairs and i don't want to use the whole converter cord for my phone so i can right. watch the network downstairs so it's like well, what the hell <laughs> that's right make it happen baby that's a, you know what what good is is all this technology if we can't use it to uh, to bring our childhood back <laughs> exactly and I, I tell my wife i'm like oh we gotta get another roku so we can put it downstairs and get rid of the box that's down there from spectrum because i want to watch wrestling downstairs she's like why can't you just watch it upstairs? I'm like, well, I don't have a 60-inch TV upstairs. I have a 60-inch TV downstairs. Um, you could have convinced yeah, her to go that route to get the bigger TV upstairs. Uh, yeah, but then, uh, yeah, but then I got to <laughs> carry it up there. Though that's a problem. That's <laughs> that's what you're not seeing here, South. You know, she if, she's like, if you want it upstairs, you're gonna have to take it upstairs. You know, I I've been with my wife almost. We'll be married 11 years in October. Oh, that's amazing. And that is, thank you. And that's one thing that I'm like, I just don't want to, we, we don't, we don't argue, we don't yell at each other. We might, well, I should, I corrected. We've yelled at each other very few times. And we just basically just go to the other parts of the house. We just isolate ourselves and we get, and then we get back and we're like, and then we're back together. That's fine. Right. You cool off and you come back. And I'm like, we've known each other. We'll see. We'll be married 11. We've been together. Christ. What is that? Oh, uh, we'll be together 16 we're in 20 yeah six, we'll be together total 16 years if you conclude dating that's awesome so, so you figured out to pick your battles wisely is what you're saying I, that and i just don't want to argue i'm like just go away and i, and I feel like just go away i don't want to argue with you just go just stop and it's just like uh, i'll go down to the basement start playing my nhl 2012 that i've had for the last eight years and you know just get out the aggression on that game but um i don't know how we got it here but i'm glad we did um <laughs> hey well if we had a bell we'd be ringing it constantly i well, love the exactly. tangents exactly um and you know and try to get this easy transition we're actually going to get to uh, i got a couple i got a question from uh from Eric from doing the favor. Um, I love I'm it. sure you probably saw this online. Um, he asked, who is your favorite person to work with and why is it the marketing director? Um, <laughs> I, I, I will have to say he is, he's spot on. Rachel is, is absolutely hands down. Uh, probably my most favorite person to work with. Oh, without question, you know, and I've even done a, a few, a number of articles for their website too for uh you know matches that shaped us and uh you know I, I, we i put the most recent one out I, I give it i do a couple of the time just so i get it to where i'm saying hey, whenever you put them out put them out i don't care whenever you have time just because i'm like i want to get it i don't want to get them out of the way but i want to get them taken care of and um she's like oh i'm sorry it's, we didn't put it out you know eric messaged me he's like yeah you gotta she had work stuff i'm like don't worry about it, man. Work comes first. Family stuff comes first. Don't worry about me. It's whenever you get it out. But yeah, she, she, you know, everybody goes, oh, it's, you know, Eric and Eric and Barry are doing a great job. Like, well, what you don't see is behind the scenes with Rachel. <laughs> man, she is the glue, brother. I mean, you know, even to, to you know, we did the socks together. That was the, the first project that she reached out, you know, to me about working with those guys. 
um, was the socks that look like the kind of the, the vintage wrestling boot. And mm-hmm. what makes it so fun to work with those guys is they really were like, hey, kind of take some creative control, kind of do your thing. But here's an idea. Like, could you run with it? And I was like, oh, yeah, this would be great. And what I like about uh, working with Rachel is she is very open to ideas, but she has a really good direction as long as we stay in that vein. And that's the thing about working with folks when when they want something, you know, whether it's something to hang up or to give away or a logo or anything. I like direction, but I also like to have a little bit of freedom which mm-hmm. is really fun. And that's the thing about, um, uh, about, you know, Rachel is she keeps Eric and Barry in line, which is a full-time job. I get that hundred percent, but, uh, she really has some really good creative direction that she wants it to move in. And, and it's, it's awesome. So yes, it's, it's so fun to work with her. And I'll say, you know, in addition to that, another person that I have loved working with is, is black label pro and, mm-hmm. and Mikey. And so getting to do some, some shirt designs and, Actually, most recently, their pay-per-view announcement was one of the the pieces we had done for a shirt design uh, for a surprise show that they um, are getting ready to put out on uh, IWTV. And so it was really, really cool to kind of see that uh, the kind of fun stuff that I like to do, people have kind of gravitated to it, and it's really fun to to work together and make things come to life. So I've been blessed to to work with a a lot of folks recently that are just a, just absolutely a blast to work with. And so, yes, Eric, Rachel is, uh, is at the top of the list for sure. Well, and I I think, like he said, I'm pretty sure he knows that. And I'm like, yeah, we all, we all know who the true champion of uh, doing the favor is. That's for sure. (laughs) Nothing, nothing against you, Eric personally or Barry, you know, I I don't want to get in, in, uh, you know, in front of Barry because we all know what, uh, what happens to uh, people that cross him? We can just ask uh, Mr. Right. Breaker about that. That's right. We, we got to keep in the good graces. I don't want to end up on the next uh, aiming the tar- aiming at the target episode. No, I man, I I don't I don't even try to you know <laughs> to uh, go against his aim. Um, I, I'm I'm going to guess that it's surprisingly accurate. Oh, it's deadly accurate. Deadly accurate. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, it's just to see, you know, the transformation, you know, to go piggyback off of doing the favor there is it's great to see that what this figure community has become since I've got into it and I'm fairly newbie into it or a rookie. Um, and you know, like I said, if it wasn't for, you know, a lot of the people in the figure community, yourself being one of them, I wouldn't have, you know, two out of, you know, these, these, well, Four out of these great uh, figures that I have behind me, um, one being the, the uh, Macho Man and the uh, Chris Jericho, um, defining moments, and it's just uh, it, it goes far beyond you know just collecting figures for me, anyways. And I'm oh, sure I don't sure. know about you. Um, it's just that community, like you guys, and I'm sure I'm going to name a few people, and I know I'm going to forget people, so I apologize. You know. You got guys like Sammy Evans, you go Nick Haddix, you get Dobro, you got Drew, you got GBM, you got the security team. Um, right. You get Ty, you get Tara, you get everybody over there, the Ohio players. Um, you know, uh, Ray, Wando, and all those guys from the West. And it's just when, you know, when we're young, we always play those organized sports, whether it be baseball, football, basketball, whatever. And, you know, and, you know, and that's, you know, you try to, for me anyways, you try to, you know, 
substitute that with, you know, growing up, you're playing, you know, when I was in the fire department, you play fire league softball or, you know, play softball with guys from work or just people or whatever, uh, bowling, whatever, just to get, get that competitive urge back or that right. sense of family, sense of community. That's what the figure community is. And I'm so glad to, you know, to be a part of it, you know? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a blessing. I mean, I, I talk to, to a, a lot of the members of the community weekly, if not daily. I know Sammy and I talk daily and have each other just like crying and laughing so hard pretty much every day. And Tara puts up with all of my gifs that I send and, you know, <laughs> funny video recommendations. And I talk to, I, I don't think I, there has been a work day that, that I could get through without talking, you know, with Ty or with Dobro. I mean, it, it's, it, it's guys like that. And, and like you had mentioned, you know, Nick Haddix and, and GBM and Drew, where, you know, when we talk, we, we, we always talk about figures, but then it, it, it does pour over into our real life. I know like you and I've had conversations like mm-hmm. that life happens. Yeah. And, and when we get a chance to talk about real life with people that have common interests with us and, and it puts that element of trust. And it's that thing that you were talking about. We chase that community like people weren't, in my opinion, created to like live by themselves and to be isolated. Yes, being alone and being quiet. And when you're sick, watching Starcade 97 is great. But when you have that community that when if you have an off day and there's people that you can talk to, if you, you know, for us, you know, it's fun when we have a, a really great, you know, figure find, you know, when we're out there, you know, putting in our legwork or mm-hmm. uh, as uh, the guys at Fully Posable say, you know, Jeff says the finger poke of doom. When we get that new figure in or, or, or something and, and we share that and we you know, spark conversations. I know like for, for me, um, Adam core is a guy that I talk to all mm-hmm. the time. And it's just because our love for wrestling has butted into some really good close friendships. And like you mm-hmm. said, when you play sports as a kid and you're on the same team with kids for, for years at a time, and, and you just have this natural camaraderie and friendship, that's to me, man, I, I echo your sentiment that it's, it's that really it's a family. And, you know, we say I think people say family a lot and they don't really put the weight of that word behind relationships they have with people. Mm-hmm. But I could say without a doubt, when it when it comes to, to the figure community that we are, like you said, blessed to be a part of and so fortunate to have found each other in this world that that, man, it really is a family. And, and there's nothing that I don't think I would do uh, for, for anybody in, in this community. It's, it's so cool to, to have found that as an adult. Um it's amazing. No, it's exact. It's exactly that. And you know, it's. I try to explain, you know, explain it to my wife or whatever the case may be, because she's like, well, "Why do you do it?" I'm like, "The same reason why I do podcasts." I'm like, "I don't know why I do it." You know what I mean? Because <laughs> yes. it's it, it's it's simple. It, it sounds stupid, but it's as simple as that too. And she, honestly, she gets it then. She's like, oh, okay. And she walks away. It's like, okay, don't you want an explanation? She's like, no, I know what you mean. Oh, okay. Exactly. But it's just like, you know, if it wasn't for the show, if it wasn't for Twitter, if it wasn't for, you know, podcasts like Breaker and Bane, you get all like the fully posables, like doing the favor, all those podcasts out there to deal with the figures so often, you know, this community wouldn't be what it is. And, you know, another, like you mentioned, Jeff, that's another guy that I've talked to almost on a daily basis just because we shoot the shit because we're both Bills fans. And I, I, I still question him as a Bills fan because he's on the West Coast. 
<laughs> but nonetheless, you know, nonetheless, he still bleeds the uh, the blue and the red. But regardless, um, but yeah, it's just it, 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 trying to explain explain that to you. Like my wife's like, you're going to you got in figures again? Why oh, did yeah. you get those? She's like, because when like I said, when I went to Walmart and I kind of sidetracked from there with with gavin and i'm like hey gav let's go every time let's go to the figure figure aisle he's like i'm like all right let's go and as soon as i turned the aisle i'm i saw the aew i'm like oh shit they're there they're there and i picked up and i'm like i picked up myself a cody and a and a jericho because they had those were the only two that was left and i actually had to go look on top stock and i saw the top stock aew i'm like Oh, please be Jericho. Please be Jericho. Please be Jericho. Sure as hell. So it was Jericho. I'm like, all right, now, now I got to choose between Kenny and Cody. I'm like, okay, I really want Kenny, but I want, but there's two there. And I'm like, now I'm strategizing this in my head. I'm like, okay, if I do this and then I come back later, they may not be there. I'm like, ah, what the hell? I'll, 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 I'll take the chance. So, um, but no, and I'm like, she's like, well, why'd you get those? Why would it make them different? I'm like, well, the, well, first of all, the first edition. Right. And you know, they might not be perfect but you know who know we may not see him again you know what i mean and i know i think it was um it's not online i think it was the major brothers that were released pictures of the second uh second wave of figures they were planning on releasing um for AEW, and whew, that's gonna be an- another hell of a lineup is it gonna be the second edition that's all i gotta say about that well it's an amazing lineup i mean that i, I know that you know for 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 me I was kind of like yourself. I showed up to the store. I mean, I was hunting and hunting and hunting and hunting. Even when the, the wife would say, hey, can you stop by and pick this up? And I'd go, oh, sure, 100%. I've never volunteered more to <laughs> do shopping than when there's figures on the line. Yeah. And so I'm like, 100%. I said, you know what? I'll get up super early before I go to work. I'll buy some stuff, and I'll bring it back. And she goes, why are there still bags in your car? And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's AEW figures. And she goes, again? And I said, oh, 100 percent. I got to have them. And it was, yeah. you know, I found, you know, Cody, Jericho and, and the Kenny Omega. And I was looking for the for the bucks. And that seemed to be what had been flying off the shelves. Mm-hmm. And that night, which was awesome, is, as I call her, the hashtag goodest sister Tara. You know, she <laughs> shot me a message and said, hey, do you need any of these? And she saw a full display. And I was like, God, that's like, you know, Indiana Jones, you know, finding the Holy Grail. Exactly. And I said, I, you know, I need the bucks. And so I, I get them in. And of course, you know, my wife will send me a text during the day and she'll go, you got four packages today. And I'm like, how do I respond to this? Um, good. I'm like, oh, good. I was expecting those. And she'll go, what did you buy this time? And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I bought these and I bought these and I bought these. And she said, you realize like you could probably have like a, a, a second car. And I said, yeah, but my car, those cars don't look as cool. Uh, as all these figures i'm sorry <laughs> well but and, and it's the same thing with my wife i'm like because i looked at it and i'm like because usually you get the um uh, the the wwe ones are like 10 15 bucks whatever right and i'm like these are 20 i'm like oh, like are they really are they worth it and then you know you start second guessing yourself and Wow, what the hell? Screw it. It's forty bucks to heck with it. I'll you know, that there's there's two hours of work right there, you know, what the heck with it. Um, you do the the pace in the aisle way trying to like rationalize like how am I gonna have this conversation that I just bought 
more oh, figures yeah. than any human needs. Uh, man, I've I've paced those aisles so much. I get it. <laughs> well, no, and, and and the other part about it is too the, the another reason why Gavin goes with me all the time is because he gets to choose when I have to have a rational decision, and I can't make it. Which ones do you want? Which one looks cooler, buddy? And he, right. I'm like, I I hold. Okay, should I get Cody or Kenny? Which one's Cody? This one. Which one's Kenny? This one. Okay, that one. And he pointed to Cody. I'm like, okay, good. Now, if anything goes wrong, I'll just blame him. That's right. Um, <laughs> hey, this is, hey, hey, babe, this is all. This is all in Gavin. You can't even be mad at me. Sorry. Exactly. She's like, yeah, you're you're not gonna. Yeah, we're we can't spend any more on figures for a little while. Okay. Yes, dear. <laughs> I've had that. Uh, I've had that conversation more than a few times with the um, the financial advisor in my life. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah, that, that's how, that's basically how you know everybody wonders why my wife does the check the the bank account. I'm like because I'd have figures going up the walls. That's why, and exactly. we'd be broke and living in cardboard boxes, and I can't fit all my figures in a cardboard box. That's right. That's um, why I, I bring them to my office. I do a little legwork <laughs> while I take my lunch break. I'll sneak out of the office, and yeah. I, I'll bring them, and I'll I load them up in the office. So I, I I do get to avoid some of the conversations, but yes, the the conversation of okay, Seth, um, your children should probably be the ones buying toys, not you. I've had that conversation several times. <laughs> Well, yeah, and that was just within the last two days for me. It's like, well, what the hell? You know, it's, it seems to be like a daily. You can't buy it. Okay, fine. Yes, dear. Yes, yes ma'am. Whatever. Yeah, that's right. Yes, ma'am. That, that'll keep you safe. Yes, ma'am. It'll keep me safe until she realizes that I'm just saying to stop the conversation, and I'll get yelled at it again. So, that's right. Anyways, I'm not going to keep burying my wife here because even though she's not going to listen to it, regardless, I still feel somewhat responsible and bad about it. But that's right. I don't want you to get in any trouble. Yeah, well, I'll just I'll just, I'll just hop on here with somebody and start you know shooting the shit about wrestling and it'll all be better anyway. So that's right. <laughs> so anyway, so you know transitioning over to you know the main event of this show um, is the uh, what what do we call it? I came I I totally lost my train of thought for a second there. So it's is, Wrestle War ninety two ninety two, which was the uh, War Games match. Uh, that's what I was looking for. Right. <laughs> I'm like, that's what I was thinking about. That's right. We you got know, it. My, my, it. My mind goes off sometimes, you know. Anyways, you know, we had two of probably, like, the most legit teams. And I looked at this, and I remembered it. I'm like, holy crap, these teams are really outstanding for being in a, in, a, in a War Games match. You know, one side we had Sting's Quadrant, which consisted of, obviously, Sting. Uh, Barry Windham, Dustin Rhodes, Ricky Steamboat, and Nikita Koloff, um, which, Christ, all Hall of Famers in my book right here. Oh, 100%. Uh, and then on the other side, we had the Dangerous Alliance, which was led to the ring by a Paul Heyman with Paulie right. Dangerously, and I believe Medusa was out with them as well. I believe that uh, is correct. And it consisted of Rick Rude, Arn Anderson, stunning Steve Austin, Larry Zabisco and Bobby, beautiful Bobby Eaton. Um, with Bobby Eaton, though, um, to comment on him, probably one of the, if not the most underrated, pure wrestlers of all time. No question. No question. And, and one of the guys that, like, I, I always I always think about Rick Rude in this sense, too, is I think even as, as much, you know, acclaim that Rick Rude gets – 
you know, one of the most like natural, like I call them, you know, just heat seekers. I mean, they were just heat machines. And, and, and Bobby Eaton at this time, I can just remember, I just hated him. Because in this match specifically, right, I'm a Sting guy. Sting is my, my all-time number one, is, you know, I, I just kept going, God, you know, why is he, you know, with, you know, stunning Steve? And why is he with Rick Rude? And I can remember getting, like, frustrated with my dad because my dad, being a fan of old-school wrestling, my dad loved, you know, Dusty Rhodes. And I was like, well, obviously he's going to want to pull for the Sting squadron because Dustin Rhodes is on the team, you know, the natural, right? But he's like, man, I just love Arn Anderson stuff. Him, you know, he and Larry Zbysko. And I was like, Dad, you're pulling for the for the wrong guys here. Like, what are you doing? And, and I just felt like, you know, Bobby Eaton was one of those guys that when he did something in the ring, it meant something. And it, like, just drew that, like, frustration out of me as, as a kid. That, like, I think some people miss that today. So, yeah, I mean, obviously one of the most underrated guys as far as just from a pure professional wrestling standpoint, probably ever. Yeah. Well, without question, probably one of the better tag teams with um, uh, Sweet Stan Lane, too, uh, with oh, the Midnights sure. with uh, with Jim Cornette. As as much slack as he gets nowadays, back watching them in the early 90s and late 80s were just in. There's no beating um, Midnight and Rock and Roll Express matches in the in this time, even even going forward. Christ, even Rock and Roll is still going today. Yeah. Well, AEW work has uh, been happening lately. Mm-hmm. I actually saw them. I was at uh, Starcast last November with their, uh, I think it was a Full Gear. Yeah, that's November right. There, in Baltimore. And I saw them. At, I almost crapped myself when I saw uh, Ricky <laughs> Morton do a Canadian Destroyer. I'm like, dude, he, he, he shouldn't be you know, doing that. He, like, he should be in the home somewhere getting like grape jello or lime jello right. or something put his medicine in his pudding cup right exactly and i'm like credit to him i'm not gonna you know christ i just want to be alive for 70 years <laughs> uh, let alone be able to be that athletic and it's just like holy christ but um but with that being said you know kate as i am the king of transitions i'm going to make it a little bit easier for everybody to you know, stop listening to us jaw jack about the you know marking out to these guys. But um, if you guys go over to the WWE Network, you go over to W, go down to In Ring WCW, uh, 1992 Wrestle War. We're gonna be at two hours nine seconds, or excuse me, two hours nine minutes and twenty seconds. I swear I know how to read uh, time marks. I swear. Oh, we got so this. head over. So head over to two hours nine minutes. 20 seconds it's going to be you're going to be seeing the fireworks going off as they bring down the uh war games cage uh so seth if you are ready we'll get the countdown going and now ladies and gentlemen we are ready for the feature confrontation of wrestle war 92 involving 10 of the toughest in world championship wrestling so i say to everyone let the war Three, two, one, and play. So with this being in Jacksonville, uh, Florida, that is, because uh, there is Jacksonville, North Carolina. That's right. Um, we'll get into that in a little bit after I tell this, you know, backstory. But 
six thousand fans in this in the check in the arena, which we we talked before we got on. It just bl- blows my mind back in '92 that uh, they were doing um, six thousand fans in this arena. Yeah, it's crazy. Like uh, yeah, like we had talked about it before. It's if this is where people were talking about like this was a great house, you know, yeah. at the time seemingly, and it just is 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 absolutely wild to see that it's you know quote unquote only six thousand fans at this time. Yeah. So we're going to have seven, as you can see the rules here, we have seven periods in war games. First period is five minutes. All other periods, two minutes, one man from each team during the first period. Uh, then after the first period ends, the head referee flips the coin. Team winning, the toss sends the second man in. Uh, after the second, two on one uh, period ends, the other team uh, sends a second man in for a two on two for the war games. Um with this, it's just how a War Games match should be. Obviously, NXT did it their own way, which, you know, they have every right to it. They don't have a top. But as you can see, uh, third period, each team, uh, the wins at the coin, co- to- coin toss, there we go, sends the third man in, team alternate during the remaining periods until all ten men are in the ring. Um Seth, this is probably one of my favorite War Games matches of all time. Um, Hands down. It, it just and, and and it just doesn't have to do. It has honestly, it has a lot to do with who's in it, but the story behind it, for me, anyways. Um, yeah, it was interesting because I don't, I, you know, I I intentionally wanted to rewatch this almost quote unquote live for the first time again. Okay on the show. And so I didn't do like trying to remember or go back and watching any of the backstory. I I can just remember being in the living room with my dad, just remembering how big of a match this was. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's, I tried to watch a wrestling with Gavin or whatever the case may be. I tried to get him to watch some of this old stuff, older stuff. Well, it's old stuff to him, older stuff for me. Right. And just to see a simple setup, as you see on the stage, a simple curtain, nothing fancy. You got the lights, obviously technology then and now it's totally different, but very, very simple um, setup. Yeah, I, I, I think the, the simplistic nature of the setup goes back to, to something we had talked about, you know, before we, we started recording, which is this was kind of the kayfabe was lifetime. And so you didn't need to have kind of the some of the pomp and circumstance that goes on today because this was, you know, real life for a, a lot of people. Like in my family, I told you about my, my grandmother threatened to hit my dad with a frying pan because he told her it was fake one time. Like that, that was very serious. She said, if you say it's fake one more time, you come back over, I'm going to hit you with a frying pan. And yeah, so it, I, it was something magical about the simplicity of just walking out of that curtain that it just drew me in as, as a kid because it was real. Exactly, you know, and, and you see a lot of that now. And I kind of try to just explain it to my and to Gavin, and it's just it, sometimes it's hard. I'm like, dude, just watch it, man. Just watch it. Just watch it for what it is. <laughs> um, so we're gonna see the faces coming down the ring here, led by Sting, uh, in in the green, bright green or yellow, whatever way you want to look at it. Just so um, classic, Sting. And I was impressed that a lot of all these guys kind of sort of match. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was it and was a nice play. 
because you got you know you got steamboat and koloff and red and black you got stinging green and then you have uh windham and Rhodes and yellow yellow and it's this is a personification of a face team you know with koloff you know he recently to this uh you know he was playing that bad guy russian with with uncle ivan and you know, fortunate enough, I've actually had the opportunity to phys- to interview him. And as we talked before, it just couldn't be the nicest guy. Complete opposite of what he was back in the day. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's really neat. Like I said, I, I work with with someone who's family friends with him, and it's just the just the nicest human being on the planet. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, and it's so funny to see you know get Paulie Heyman here with somewhat of a head full of hair. Explaining the strategy when Austin goes into the ring, and just seeing stunning Steve Austin, who also had hair. blonde hair, um, it, it just brings you this. I, I say it every time I, I watch a match with somebody from this era. It's just this is when wrestling was wrestling, man. Whether you're watching WCW '92 or WWF '92 or whatever the case may be. Um, it's just fantastic. Oh, just you, these two, you just call these two guys bulls. You get Barry Windham in there with Austin. Um, you know, both of these guys, if, if I stand corrected, fought after the uh, U.S. title for a little bit, too. Right. And, and what's so cool about these two guys is, like you had mentioned earlier, I mean, all of these the, the, the participants in this match are bona fide Hall of Famers. And- exactly. Exactly. And you look at, at, at right now with, with Lyndon and Austin going at it, they're not doing anything crazy. No. They are just out there bruising and beating. And it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things where Jake Roberts talks about it on any podcast that he's on. Is mm-hmm. it's, it's what you do doesn't have to be over the top. It doesn't have to be crazy. It just has to be real. And it has to be all part of the build of a story. Mm-hmm. But you have to tell that story. And something simple as watching, I was watching Synergy Pro Wrestling out of New Jersey out here on Saturday. And you get guys like Joe Gacy, who just literally got signed by WWE. He's 33 years old. He's been in the indies for years. And he just got signed by WWE um, facing Arcadia and two veterans of the business. And they did not do you know, they did a few high flyer moves as far as like splashes and stuff, but they didn't need to. They told the story. Right. And that's that's what's so cool about like if you watch any of the stunning Steve stuff. Yeah. Right. Because he was this this he was a really great heel in WCW. And I don't think people give him a lot of credit for that. Most people obviously remember um, maybe, you know, laughing at the ringmaster a little bit, but then obviously, you know, stone cold, but his work as a heel in WCW was amazing. And it's the simple stuff like the, you know, everybody, or at least for me, attributes it to to Hulk Hogan, you know, when you're that heel and you've built up a little bit of heat and you've got that fire coming back from a face, you know, like Barry Windham did, you know, just a a, a few seconds ago and stunning Steve backs up, puts his hands up. It's very simple. It's like, Mm-hmm. As that heel, he, you play that psychology really, really well of, hey, I can beat you up, but I don't want you hurting me. Exactly. That made you so frustrated watching it You know, when we were younger um, that, that, again, you didn't have to do these crazy high spots. And that's why I think a lot of people will go back and, you know, when they're kind of sick of the current product, whatever promotion you may be watching, um, 
you go back and you watch, you know, Wrestle War from 92, you watch, you know, uh, SummerSlam, whatever the case may be, but look at this, just, you don't see Steve Austin flying like that ever again after this. <laughs> no, you know, uh, you know, him hanging on the top of the cage and being pulled off, you know, by Wyndham, it was such a real thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like, you know, some, you know, body contortion. It wasn't some backflip. It was just, it almost seemed like if I was in this situation, this is what I would do. Exactly. But it's they're not insulting the intelligence of the fans in the stands. They're insulting the intelligence of the fans watching this on pay-per-view or after the fact. They're making it real as Wyndham Long darts Austin into the cage. Um, but it's just... It, to be in the war games for... A proper war games match, you got to tell the story. And you go back and you can go and tell them again. These are Bodafine Hall of Famers, every single one of them. And majority, some of them actually are already, being, uh, whether it be Arn or Sting or Barry or Austin or uh, uh, Rude. But, you know, it's telling the story uh, a lot better. Like, the, the simple details of Barry Windham is so fun to watch in this match. Like, when he's giving those right hands, you know, to to Steve where, you know, he's just raked him across the cage and he gives those simple right hands and then he shakes his hand, right? Because if anybody's ever been in a fist fight, your knuckles hurt. Yep. And, and it was just, like you said, you're not insulting anyone's intelligence. And we can see, I believe Austin's busted here. Yep. As we're getting the, there we go. There's a close-up. And, as, and he's biting his forehead to get it going a little bit more. <laughs> to pay no attention to the current situation that this country's in with, uh, you know, diseases or whatever. But, hey, just bite him on the, fa- on the, on the forehead right. yeah, uh, at, as we're getting at, countdown. <laughs> yeah, at that point, it's like, you know what, hey, it, again, it's, a, it's like super simple. Nothing was crazy. Right. It's just, it's at win at all costs, right? Like that war games, like you, you're bringing that element of war of do what you can to gain an advantage. Exactly. And what a advantage we got coming in here now is oh nope we're going to the heels and That's right. in goes who we got here Rick Rude's going in to help out uh, Barry Windham or excuse me not Barry Windham uh, Steve Austin and Rick Rude uh, you know God rest his soul um, yeah. you, you know one of the guys that did the most simple ways of of gaining heat. Oh, yeah. In the business. I mean, looks like a million dollars. And so obviously every guy is going to be jealous of just of the physical specimen that he is. But he just rubs it in your face very simply. And yeah. and he just drew heat. But he, and he didn't have to do anything simple. You know, he's doing a shoulder block here to wind him in the corner. His finishing move, is, the Rude Awakening, was a neck breaker for God's sake. Granted, you know, at this time period, he didn't have the, the high-flying finishers like we do right. nowadays. But, you know, who knew? You know, you could do something as simple as this neckbreaker as a finisher and just, quote-unquote, paralyze him. Yeah. I mean, I think that the highest-flying thing that we will see in this match as it moves forward is the singer splash. Yeah. And I think um, I think might have, Steamboat might have done something. But regardless. But, yeah, I, no, I get what you're saying. But as we see another, we're going to see team uh, number uh, – Two team enter for uh, help out Wyndham here, the face team, uh, within the next 37 seconds. I never got this, this countdown. 
Uh, I always like the countdown when they had the Royal Rumble with 10. We did count down from minutes. Right. Like, come on, guys. I don't care. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And then, you know, like, again, look at the, the simple moveset that, that Rick Rude is doing. It's just almost just like that slow, methodical, like if you're into MMA, it's that ground and pound. Exactly. And But the, the thing is, though, he, with Rick Rude, he psyched you out before he even got in the ring. Yes. As we see, it looks like Steamboat's going to be getting in the ring here. Yep, and here we go. And he goes right after Rude. And Austin. You know, and here's another feud that really was good at this time period was Steamboat and Austin. It's just, it's crazy the, the way that this was booked was it really did combine a lot of overlapping storylines, mm-hmm. right? And, and a lot of feuds that either this helped end and, and kind of bring some closure or it helped propel you know like we had just talked about with, with bobby and moving forward mm-hmm. and so it's it's really cool just to see uh again like seeing ricky steamboat walk out of his gym you know uh as a kid and then you'd turn on the tv and there he was you know in this match mm-hmm. but it, like i said it just goes you bring that nostalgic feeling back to you and you see doing a somersault shoulder block by uh austin and nope and there's a drop kick and, oh, head scissors. Nope. What is he doing? You throw him in the cage? Oh, look at that. Something as simple as that. God, it's, just, it's, it's, almost, it's almost like just poetic <laughs> watching this vintage exactly. wrestling. And it's just like you, you, want, you, you want it for the benefit of podcasts. You want to, you know, talk about it. But it's like you don't want to because you just want to enjoy the match. But, you know, another stupid countdown. That's just uh, whatever. Um, that's the last time I swear. I, I'm going to say it. So I swear, but I think we're getting another uh, member of the heel team here coming. That is correct. Uh, so we're going to, you know, they're going to get a, the dangerous alliance is going to get uh, another advantage here, as you see the lovely Medusa on the bottom right screen there. And I'll tell you what's another fun element too is at this time, uh, you know, now he's Paul Heyman. You know, he was, you know, Paul E. Then yeah. is he has the he has like the play sheet, like an actual exactly. coach. Exactly. And that just tells a story even more. And he's got the phone, the Zach Morris phone. <laughs> That's right. The the Mr. Belding get out of jail card. Yeah, exactly. And here's another guy that, you know, will just his matches live up to everything that you hope for is Arne Anderson with another one of those classic spine busters. And just like he didn't have to do high fly moves, he didn't have to do anything. You put him in a double leg co- or a, a submission hole here. He had him like in a, oh. an, almost in a single leg crab, and then Rude, yeah. you know, comes in and joins him. And it's it's a it's it's really again it's very simplistic. Two usually beats one, and you just tell that small, believable, truthful story. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just you got to. Oh, we see Wyndham's busted now. Um, this is, you know, this is one of those kind of matches that we're really probably never going to see again, especially nowadays. Not just because, you know, of the blood, but just because the the roster size is just so much you have to get in that you're not going to be able to dedicate 25 minutes to a half hour to one match. Right. It's it's really unique that that you know the older 
time period, you know, at least for me, like that that childhood meat and potatoes time period of wrestling, there really wasn't this massive roster size. Exactly. And, it, and they just worked so well at telling stories with that, you know, small roster. And, and, and it was just it's just really unique that, that, like you said, we, you know, NXT did, you know, their War Games match. And it was, uh, again, like I said, it's their right to do it. And it's great. And I thought it was a pretty decent match. A hundred percent. But, uh, you know, we're not going to get Dustin Rhodes, you know, ripping the door of the cage open, you know, running anytime soon, you know, w- w- with Arn Anderson ever again. No, it's got two, one. We're going to have a timestamp as Dustin enters of two hours, 26 minutes and 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 seconds. Um, I just, my son always, Gavin always says, Daddy, why do you like Dustin so much? I said, Bud, this is what I grew up on. I grew up on him as gold dust. I see Arn hits, or excuse me, that's not Arn. That's Austin the, hits the top of the Austin cage. Hits, hits the top of the cage. Um, just this classic. I really want him to, wanted him to bring back the natural Dustin. I did runs. too. And, and I think you get the best, you get the both of that, excuse me, the best of both uh, roads. That's right. Pun, in, pun intended. That's right. Um, I like that. There you go. Trademark that Dustin. You can hit me up on Twitter at ringside rant underscore RJ and uh, just give me the uh, the check there. That's um, right. Cut that residuals check, baby. Cut that residuals yeah, yeah. check. Hey, I got to make money. I got to make money. I got to sell these shirts. I got to get this merch out. Come on. I got to get these trademarks. Um, but yeah, it's just, you see shades of his father here. You really do. And, you know, and I said, you get the best of both uh, uh, gimmicks. You get the gold dust with the face paint and then you get the natural dust in roads. Uh, on the other, and I think that's what he was going for, I think, too. Um, but it, just phenomenal at this time. And I just, you know, you didn't see it very often after this. And, and and the longevity of his career has just been outstanding. Because he really, I mean, if you look at it, the, kind of the breakdown of his characters. Yeah. I mean, it, it's been very diverse. It's not like a character like, you know, let's say an Ultimate Warrior, where he was just the Ultimate Warrior or the Warrior yeah. or warrior over and over again. You know, he really, you know, reinvented himself and he he became, you know, relevant to to different generations. You know, for th- this is the the Dustin Rhodes that I remember as a kid and then, you know, I can just remember going, that's not him when it was Gold Dust. No, exactly. You know, he's just playing <laughs> that character as you see Larry Zabisco get in and get met by the aforementioned Dustin Dustin Rhodes. But oh, what are we seeing here? We got Medusa going oh, up. Medusa scaling the scaling the cage. Wait, the high heels down. are off, baby. Can you can we go back? Can you go back down and do it again, please? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we got the uh, the the cell phone drop. You know, through the the, the crack of the cage. Oh, and she's wearing spanks. What the heck? You know? Oh, we got Sting up there. There's oh. Definitely couldn't see this nowadays. No, no, not at all. You're not going to see any woman get up on the top of the on the top of a cage like that. What the hell does she have on her foot? Not that I'm not that I'm looking at her feet by any means, but (laughs) (laughs) so some wrist tape or something. Yeah, I think on her foot or something. Like, oh crap! Only I would look at her feet when she's coming down. Now, I whatever. (laughs) (laughs) As we we get into the weeds with this. Um, hey, there's a wrestling match. Yay, wrestling. Um, so we got another 50 seconds, as you can see on the screen, give or take. Now we got to 45. 
whatever that i thought that was the last time i was gonna make fun of the clock but um hey, if you weren't gonna do it i was gonna do it oh, uh, I, was, I, was, I was gonna take it and look again you know you got rude and steamboat you know again simple you know that overpowering strength of rick rude that uh that you know, made you so mad as a kid oh yeah <laughs> i had the the dis the strong dislike that everybody had for rude i had for Roddy piper okay and you know and that's what that's sidetrack we can actually you know i've taken pictures of it before for fig fridays is the the fury piper that i have and that is the first figure that i got when i got back into figure collecting and it's never going to see the light of you know coming out of the box because you know i wouldn't you know wouldn't have gotten back into wrestling if it wasn't for that one or not wrestling but wrestling figures Oh, you see him just press things in here now, pressing rude, hitting the top of the hitting cage. The top of the cage, you know, b- before Sid, before uh, before Sid and Pillman. Oh, gee, yeah. But just the strength of Sting and just un unreal. And I believe the one figure I have here of Sting, I have one Sting from the '90 uh, Great American Bash, the red, white, and blue. Sting. Oh, yeah. Now is that the defining moments version? Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. And I, I was so caught between that one and the one that he has right now, the green, the green jacket. Well, I think it's the almost exact one of what his gear that he has now. So I think that was, uh, I think it's Elite 57, if I remember correctly. And then you got Medusa loading up the uh, the wrist tape for for yeah. for good old uh, Bobby. beautiful Bobby. Um, is he's I think he's wearing the white pants in 57, but the face paint is is the exact same. Yeah. And so it's just that iconic, you know, uh, you know quote-unquote surfer sting that that i just remember being like this is going to be the guy that i pull yeah. for this you know, is I, yeah and i love crow sting and all that stuff and wolf pack sting whatever but you know everybody oh what was your favorite thing without a question is surfer sting because you look at it now is okay it's all about gimmicks now it's all about merchandise he would be getting if he if he was in today's era he'd be making austin merch money Oh man, it is a oh gosh, it would be it would almost be unfair exactly how much he would sell today. I mean that because it, you think about it, we, you know you want to try to re- recycle some of the the good ideas and keep using it, but you could just change the colors. Exactly. As you see, Bobby Eaton getting let into this match with that loaded right hand, compliments of Medusa. And Zabisco's working the turnbuckle. Jeez. Oh, and we see Dustin's now busted. Oh, look at that. He is That's, he is gushing. This is a, this is a moment there and this is what, you know you had talked about it earlier, you know, looking at some of the old, you know, blood stained rings. Like look at it. Arn's busted open. Arn's busted. Barry's <laughs> busted. Every, but the thing is though, when you get to these types of matches, and even if it was a singles match, you know, there was an ECW match that was with uh, Jerry Lynn and Steve Carino. Steve Carino got busted, but he had that Ric Flair blonde hair, and it told the story because his hair was red. And this type of yeah. match, for me anyways, and I'm sure for you too, it tells the story because in war, you bleed. That's right. And it's it's really interesting because if you look at kind of the levels, it's it's uh, when you talk about getting color, 
one of the most famous is WrestleMania 13 with Brett and Stone Cold, and he's you know he's bleeding and he passes out. Yeah, and it's like that is kind of the textbook definition, at least for me, of like I don't I I, I loved you know watching you know the the quote unquote getting color back in the day because mm-hmm. that added the element of reality. But if you look at these guys, there is a really um, unique way that guys got color in matches like this that it was it was based off of moves it wasn't just for the sake of doing it so like at the beginning stunning steve is raked back and forth on the cage and he has you know hit the map and he, you see that he's bleeding because the cage cut him whereas you're you're looking at where you know dustin was absolutely getting destroyed and so then a cut would open so he's bleeding even more um and so it's. I think it's really unique that they just had it down to such a, a, a an art of, of how to make that the most tangible possible. As we just saw Nikita come in, just a an oh, absolute monster. You know, questioning <laughs> questioning his alliance to Sting. I can just remember like going, "Please don't grab his hand. Please don't grab his hand. Please don't grab his hand. Like he's going to turn on you." And he grabs his hand, pushes him away, and takes a shot from Austin, I believe. Yep. I, everybody, Everybody's bloody now. Everybody's – I can't tell them apart. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's like watching some of the, uh, the, the good old hardcore like backyard wrestling matches where everybody gets a light tube. Oh, exactly. Oh, man. Oh, and they're hugging it out, bro. They're hugging it out. There we go. Jeez, oh, as the crowd's popping to this, just – Oh man, they're going to town now. It's it's just so God, it's just that that nostalgia play that you know that we had talked about is just so high right now because it's it just takes you back to you know the the smell of the house, you know, popping popcorn and sitting there and watching it. I can just remember like jumping up and down and screaming, and my dad being like, "Hey, just calm down. You're gonna break something in the house, you know. Calm down." Oh, that's and you see, you know, we got Rude working here on the turnbuckle, try to get that off. Oh, there's that stinger splash you were mentioning there it goes. on Iron. There it goes. But it's, I think we got every single member in the in the ring right now. And we got Sting in the Scorpion. Or excuse me, you have Arn in the Scorpion Deathlock. That's right. And, you and got then Barry there's coming. the guy that I said I love to hate. <laughs> Beautiful Bobby. Beautiful Bobby. <laughs> and you see the term, turnbuckle is finally off, and they're getting that actual turnbuckle off. The padding. I'm trying to use that as a weapon. Oh, man. But just... Oh, here comes a figure four. You can't win by submission, though. What's going on? They got all of it off now. And then you got Arn, you know, on on the second rope because the top rope has been dismantled. Right. All across, yeah, all across both rings. Oh man, just look at Austin's just absolutely just gushing in advance of thirteen. Yeah, this is uh nobody remembers this. God, I, I, to be completely fair and honest, when you say nobody remembers, I don't remember this match being this bloody when I watched it as a kid. Mm-hmm. No, I, but you know i've watched it a few times going back because i try to go back into certain years and watch these game or games watch these matches and this was one of them and i'm like man they got 
busted. Everybody, most everybody. And we see Dawson going up top. And he's got an, he's got just complete red hair. And he had to bend over to do the elbow drop. But yeah, it's just you get like we said, you get these types of athletes in here. And yes, I call them athletes. You want to send me hate tweets? That's fine. Uh, uh, it's, it's pure athleticism. If you, it, this is as as athletic as athletic can be. But you can't be in a thirty minute match like this and you know not be in good shape. You know, as we're seeing, what are they going to use? Oh, use the turnbuckle iron. Oh, and he gets him right on the shoulder. Gets Bobby Eaton on the shoulder. Oh, Sting is getting that second wind. Sting, you can't win by submission, bud. Oh, look at that. This is a War Games match. If it was WWE, you would have used the submission and you would have won. I think after they're all in there, that's that's what it is ultimately. Is you can win by submission when it's all oh, said and done. Oh, that's all oh, it is. The okay, armbar. Yeah. You just couldn't do it until the the last. End. And that's so. Here's what's crazy. Think about it. Zabisco hits him in the left shoulder with the exposed turnbuckle yeah. iron, and he immediately puts that you know. Right he puts that submission on that arm. It's like those little details is what these guys did so so oh. well. And that's what I misunderstood. I thought when I read the rules, I thought it meant that you couldn't win by submission at all. But it was when they until everybody was in the ring. OK, so right. then, and then you see Pauly going freaking batshit crazy. <laughs> and you kind of have to figure this was going to happen with these guys, you know. Yeah. And it's 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 one of those things that this is what makes you drawn into the dramatic elements of a match like this is. When you have seemingly done everything you could do to kind of cheat your way to win and you lose, and then it's the implosion of your own team, like that's just that added element of, hey, you deserve this. You know, the crowd's going nuts. Everybody's kind of trying to help each other limp back to the curtain, and you've got a team imploding on themselves. And In, yeah, I'm oh, sorry. An interesting side. An interesting side note: the referee in the ring on the other ring. Alfonso. That's right. And then uh, what did they have? Randy Anderson was the other. Uh, yeah. Was that the other referee for the match? Yeah. Soon to be Bill Alfonso referee in WWF and then manager in ECW. But yeah, it's just you see a lot of this. There he is. There's Fonzie. Oh, Medusa's back in there with her heels. She's got, she's got the shoes back on. Yeah. yeah. She doesn't have to climb. As we're going to see the ending of this match, Zabisco. Oh, and right in the shoulder and the elbow. And. Yeah. And I'll say this, too, for one of the things that I like about this time period is there weren't a million camera cuts. Right. And they were were in the ring, though, too. They weren't outside the ring. Right. They were in, in like, I guess that in-between area, in between the rope and the cage to to film. Because it would have been, because I think that's how the other one was, or the WWE, there was uh, outside and you couldn't see anything. But anyway, so we're going to see, that was the end of the match there with the Stings Quadrant, or Squadrant, there we go, uh, winning the match. And, uh, you know, we're going to see a lot of good matches here in 92. I think 92, 97 were that wheelhouse of of both companies, WCW, NWA, whatever you want to call it. It was WCW at that point, and then obviously with WWF. Um, but yeah, this was just absolutely fantastic match. If you didn't watch it with us, I strongly suggest you guys go back and watch it with us. 
Um, definitely a great match to watch. Um, even if you want to watch it again, just keep on going. Put it on loop. You know, get that, hey, so I'm sick. I got to watch this match again um, kind of thing. But, you know, Seth, with that being said, you know, thank you so much for coming on. Just take the last few moments that we have here. Plug, you know, ways people can get a hold of you if they, uh, they want you to do some work for them. Yeah, 100%. Thank you so much, number one, for having me. I mean, I'm uh, honored to be here. I, I love listening to the podcast. I think you do an excellent job. So um, it's an honor for, for me to be on here. And if anybody wants to uh, chat about this or about you know doing some stuff with design work, I am on Twitter, at RingsideArt. Um, the display name will be um at ringside designs now i'm trying to kind of move towards kind of that design world and then i actually just started instagram which is at ringside uh designs as well excellent guys if you're like i said if you're not following seth i would strongly suggest you guys do that over on instagram as well as twitter uh, just absolutely fantastic work whenever you know you you definitely put out the great work that you do try to at least get it out there for a lot of these wrestling fans because they get that, uh, they do get that nostalgic feel from your work because, you know, you go back to those days, like I said, previous, these great wrestling memories from, you know, whether it be Sting or uh, Arn or whomever. And that it kind of transforms, you know, that with your, uh, with your work. So guys definitely check that out. Um, if, uh, you know, if you're in the market for that stuff, add, add to your collection. You know, That's make right. it make make uh, you know, make an art collection or design collection for the wall. You know, That's it. there you go. Uh, I would love to be a part of it. Can't get any better than that. And hopefully Blake, uh, Black Label Pro won't be the first of uh, the first of many uh, promotions that you'll be able to uh, to work with. So, yeah. And uh, so there will be a surprise coming soon. I can't let it out of the bag now, but they are the first, but they are definitely now confirmed. Not the last promotion. So there's going to be some new fun stuff coming soon. There you go, man. There you go. Seth, appreciate you coming on. Hopefully this will be the uh, the first of a few many times that we could have you on. I would love it, brother. Thank you so, so much again for having me. I very much appreciate it. A big shout out goes out to Seth from Ringside Design. Guys, if you're not following him, if you're not partaking in his great, great work, I would strongly suggest you do so. Go over to Twitter over to Instagram, follow him and see all the great work that he has done and will do going forward. He's done great work for me, as you mentioned in the show with uh, the Ricochet and the Alistair Black for my son. Absolutely fantastic. So go over and follow him. But while you're doing that, head over to powerslam.tv and use the promo code RingsideRants now to get your first 30 days free. Thanks to our friends over at powerslam.tv check out the first class content over at fight.tv as well everything from synergy pro wrestling to nwa to ring of honor to aew everything including what i just said and the great independent wrestling is on there as well head over to full press coverage right now and listen to the ringside rant a great, great network that I'm part of. Absolutely fantastic. We're a part of a family. Ian does a fantastic job over there. Uh, go over and download the app from iOS as well as Android platforms. Head over to reapersboo.com. 
check out the great coffee grounds that they have over there. I have Reaper's Brew literally every single day. Follow them on Twitter at Reaper's Brew. Check out the great merchandise store over at wetmaneuver.net for the Ringside Rant. I know times are tough now. Go over, check it out, see what you like. We have everything from t-shirts to hoodies to tank tops to long sleeve shirts to onesies. You got a new addition to the family? You got a new baby? Put them in a Ringside Rant onesie. Also, during this time, between now and the end of September, if you go over to watermaneuver.net and purchase any purple item, proceeds from that purchase will go directly to the Alzheimer's Awareness Association in remembrance of my grandmother and each individual that has succumbed to Alzheimer's and is dealing with Alzheimer's at this very moment. So head over to watermaneuver.net for that. The shout-out of the week this week goes out to my boys, Mr. Gary Horn, Mr. Hey, it's Will, as well as Dr. Robert Stinson. And this is the NWA Podcast coming live to you each and every Tuesday and Sunday on their YouTube channel. Follow them across all social media, the NWA Pod. They break down each and every NWA event, as well as expanding a little bit more and talking about current products such as the NWA, WWE, Ring of Honor, New Japan, as well as NXT and AEW. So head over there, give them a follow. A fantastic, fantastic group of people over there. And let them know that RJ from the Ringside Rant sent you. And as always, welcome to Ranters Nation. Have you ever tried to explain why there's so much blood on those tissues in the garbage can in the bathroom to your partner? Well, times like that are over, thanks to my friends over at Manscaped. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the perfect tool for a safe and satisfying Manscaped job, so you can trim up the hedges to satisfy your partner. The new Lawnmower 3.0 is designed with a compact shape for easy maneuvering while wet or dry because let's face it guys everything is better when it's wet it is also featuring precision engineering blades for a safe trimming in well let's say those sensitive areas so you don't have to curse every time you try to shave so go over to manscape.com right now and use the promo code Ranters Nation to get 20% off your entire order and free shipping. That's amazing, isn't it? Free shipping in addition to 20% off by just visiting manscaped.com and using the promo code Ranters Nation. <laughs> 